Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. How we doing? We're How at, you doing? Know, it's good. Wednesday. <laughs> I actually I- went for a walk this morning. It was actually decent enough out that I didn't feel like I was going to fall on my head if I just kind of went around and strolled around the plaza for a while. So it's getting there. How was that? Was it, was it still foggy? I guess it's still foggy. Foggy in kind of a fun way. Like when you walk around the fountains on the plaza, I should have taken a picture. Um, the steam, the, the, the water turns to steam. Yeah. As it hits kind of the cold air, so it was kind of a cool effect. But um, as far as I know, all kids are in school today. Yes, and of course, with all the admonishments we ever make on this program, every time the weather turns bad, what do we say? <clears throat> Turn on your headlights, right? So this morning, went out and hit the QT to get my iced tea, and on the way back home was behind a, not not just a Dodge Charger, a black Dodge Charger, who was driving through the fog with no lights on at all. I just told Colin, somebody needs to write a song called Turn Your Headlights On. Yes. <laughs> that we yeah. can just play. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm I'm about to go do some recording with a friend of mine next month, and that's going to be on the list. We're going to write that song, and we're going to produce it, and we'll bring it home with us. So, yes, that is going to happen. I couldn't believe it. Now, it became a little bit easier to understand when I got close enough to him to notice that he had a Nebraska license plate. You know, <laughs> the, the, things don't tend to sink in quite as quickly up there, so maybe that had something to do with it. If you want to suggest lyrics, 913-586-7798 for the song uh, that that somebody's going to have to put out there. Um, There's a lot going on in the world today. We have yet another twist and turn in the roller coaster that is the story out of the Northland. Um, Every day now, there's an update on it and another change in the story about the three guys uh, that were found dead at that house. So we'll get to that coming up. Again, our friend Dave Helling to the rescue as always. Um, so we now know the language that is in the uh, the ballot, the, the ballot issue for the tax extension. It is out, it has been released, and Dave Helling on Twitter uh, also tweeted a lot of background and a lot of insight about what the language means, and it's worth us spending some time on here. Without doubt, and the one good thing that I'll give them about this, and yeah, I mean, you when you put this up in the thread this morning, you said they put out a wordy ballot measure, yeah. and and that is one hundred percent true. There's there's a paragraph and a half here. It's it's a lot to go through, but it does it does you know merit going through some of the details. One of the things that I will give them credit for is sometimes when you see ballot measures worded like this, you'll see them pull a stunt where 
yes means no and no means right. yes you know to get what you it, want out of it right exactly they'll they'll put up a measure that will say shall the three-eighths percent sales tax extension be defeated and then you vote yes to vote no and yeah they didn't do that this time so if you want it to pass you vote yes if you don't want it to pass you vote no that's really the important thing that we will just continue to repeat if you want or dogs barking or something. Who are you yeah, yelling at? It's it's actually my cat. Oh, <laughs> I just hear you yelling. I'm, I don't hear it, but I see it. It's a good thing you didn't hear it because I, I did not say nice words just now. <laughs> she's sitting um, outside the door and she won't stop. She, you know, she's lonely out there. Um, so I'll give Channel 5 credit for taking some poetic license also um, in, in how they talked about this. So we can read you the ballot. It's not that long. Um, and we can tell you some of the meaning behind it also. But as Channel 5 put it, it'll take voters at least a minute to read in full on Election Day. Um, a political science professor, Dr. Matt Harris, believes voters could find the measure confusing at first glance. He said, if you're reading it as a voter, you kind of go like, what? What am I reading? Well, that's great. That's what we want. Right, because it doesn't mention the Chiefs and the and the and the uh, Royals until more than halfway through the measure. And it says, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not that long. Shall the county of Jackson repeal its countywide capital improvement sales tax of three eighths of one percent authorized by Section 67.700 of the revised statutes of Missouri and impose as a park sales tax of three eighths of one percent? authorized by Section 644-032 of the Revised Statutes of Missouri for a period of 40 years to provide funding for park improvements consisting of site preparation and clearance, developing, constructing, furnishing, improving, equipping, repairing, maintaining, and operating both Arrowhead and its surrounds and a new baseball stadium and its surrounds to retain the, Jack uh, to retain the Kansas City Chiefs in Jackson County, Missouri, and the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City, Jackson County, Missouri, pursuant to long-term leases and refinancing debt obligations previously incurred to finance or refinance improvements to the Harry S. Truman Sports Complex. While well, you catch your breath and get a drink of water, um, <laughs> I'm going to read what Dave Helling said about it. Um, and, so, and, and he pointed out something interesting about the timeline involved in that tax. As he put it, the ballot language contains a significant new wrinkle. Yeah, the assumption had had been, remember, the, the current tax, tax expires in 2031. Our assumption had been, I don't know why we assumed this, but we just assumed, the new one will just pick up where that one left off. Right. And as he pointed out, it looks like this new one will replace the one that's that's currently in place. The only reason that matters is it will expire in 2064, instead of 2071 if you were right. to do them back to back it would go for seven years longer right because the first thing it does is repeal the existing tax so the tax the three eight cents sales tax that you're paying in jackson county right now stops the day that the new one goes into effect and what that means is there's zero effect on your pocketbook ex except as jamie just said that it'll expire seven years earlier than if it just picked up where the old lease left off so that's good news for the taxpayers one thing, though, that isn't in here, and when we were talking with Sean Smith yesterday, he referred to this as one of the things that he wanted the teams to commit to in writing. They have done that. They've committed to it in writing, but it's not in the ballot initiative, is the money that uh, that the, the teams get right now from parks revenue, they're going to forego that. 
starting right. whenever this ballot initiative takes effect. But that language isn't in there. And that's an interesting thing to me that they didn't just make that part of the deal. And and um, it's interesting as we continue to work our way through this process. So we just found out as we continue to talk to Jackson County commissioners, Tune in at 1230 today because we'll be able to have this conversation with another Jackson County Commissioner about why that was and and why that was left out and why the timing of it works out the way that it does. I I assume there are reasons for all of this. They may not be reasons we like, but I assume there are reasons for all of this that we can get to the bottom of. Definitely. So that's the language of the thing. And, and again, it's a vote. Yes. If you want this sales tax extension and you want the, the money to go to the new stadium and the improvements vote. No, if you don't, it's that simple. And I feel like we need to keep telling people April 2nd is the date of the vote that I need to put on my calendar, April 2nd. And, and it's a, it's sort of a, you know, a live or die day for the future of these stadiums. I mean, sure. April 2nd is really, I don't know what we're going to know by then, but April 2nd is the day that 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 matters. So one way or another. Yeah, we'll at least have some kind of an answer at that point. And I mean, if if that vote fails, get ready to see a lot of scrambling going on because we I mean, we, that's another thing that we had that conversation yesterday with Sean Smith. If you missed that, by the way, I would encourage you to go back to the uh, to the podcast and listen back to that when you get a chance a little bit later on today. And listen to all of the things that he said very, very carefully because he laid out some really good points. So we have a lot of answers. Now we know exactly what the ballot initiative is going to look like. But if you want some of the details on what else the teams have committed to, again, committed to in writing, but it's not necessarily on that ballot initiative. Go back and check that one out. All right. 913-586-7798 is the phone number here. Okay. So we back to the story out of the Northland. Three people are dead. We have the fourth guy who rented, who lived at this house. And then there was the story yesterday about the fifth guy. Now, allegedly, we are hearing from this fifth guy who was at that house that night. We will talk more about that coming up here on KMBZ. Quick bit of uh, breaking news here. And someone had asked us on the text line what was going on. And uh, thanks to, uh, excuse me, KCTV5, now we know. I don't know the exact address of the Casatinos Market downtown. Um, but Kansas City Police said someone had barricaded themselves, boy, the writing on this, um, had barricaded him or herself in the Cosentino's market. Themself, huh? Themself, grammar's hard. (laughs) Um, And so police have blocked off a section there of, that's right in power and light. I cannot think of the street that it's on. It's one block off Grand. Um, It's it's one block off of uh, Sprint Center, T-Mobile Center. It's right near 13th, right? Is is it cross street that goes the other way? Yeah, it's 14th and Grand is T-Mobile Center, and it's, right. it's one block right off there. So anyway, uh, someone had barricaded themselves inside the Cosentino's Market. That's the police activity that yes. you're seeing. Uh, and there is a warning that goes along with this. A nearby apartment complex released a text warning its residents of a potential shooter and that police were staging in a nearby parking lot. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, again, we don't have any actual reports of shots fired, but that was the warning that came out from the apartment complex to its residents. If you are in the area, you see it, you have insight on what's going on over there, feel free. 913-586-7798. Let us know what's going on. Okay, John, we need a word for what we are calling this continual every day something new is happening with this story out of the Northland. And quite frankly, I'm at the point where I need police or someone in some official capacity 
to make a statement or address the rumors that are because if I if I was police or whoever's investigating this, I would be irritated as can be at just some. Of, I mean, you don't you don't try it in the public. But I need police or somebody to say something about what the investigation says at this point. Right. To give some idea of the direction of the investigation. What exactly are you looking for? What are you what kind of information are you waiting on? Because right now, the only person, well, kind of the only person that we've heard from over the past few days has been the attorney for the man who lived in the house. And again, he was renting the house. He is no longer there. But his lawyer was the only one that was saying very much. And the the real problem with that is that every single day he would come out and revise something he said the day before and say, "Ooh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It didn't happen like this. It happened like this. You know what? If you're the guy's lawyer, why don't you get your story straight before you talk to the public? And it's the guy's lawyer that is speaking for him. Yes. And, and doing a lot of this stuff in public. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I don't know what we don't know that makes this their idea of, of how to play this. But here we are yet again. And Fox 4, um, and we have no reason to think this isn't true. They're not naming him, but they claim to have talked to this fifth person who was there when some of this went down that we just learned about yesterday yesterday that and that you know again if as, as we mentioned yesterday it seemed like every move that the guy who was the the one who lived there every move that he was making was making himself look suspicious and every time the attorney has to come out and change the story it looks even more suspicious. It's like, wait a minute, why didn't you know that yesterday when you said, for example, when he said over the weekend that, well, the guy who lived there, he went to bed and, and before he went to bed, he showed his guests out. So they left the house and then he went to bed, revised that on Monday and said, oh, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, what happened was he went to bed and left his other buddies down in the basement just watching TV and hanging out. Uh, and, and that this mysterious fifth person was still down there with them. That fifth person, by the way, now disputes that they're not naming him either, but Fox four says they've talked to the fifth person that was ostensibly there. And he said he left before anybody else and left before the guy who lived in the house went to bed. We can't even get a decent timeline out of any of this. Somebody's not telling the truth here and it's about time for a, I mean, for the for the sake of the families and everybody else who knew the three dead men to start getting a better grip on what happened here on moment by moment, who did what and when. The fear I have about this, John, is that we're never going to know. Yeah, I know. Is that um, if if the fifth guy uh, who is his attorney, he answered a few questions, then directed Fox Four to his attorney, who then said a couple things. If he says he when he left, everybody was alive and it's not true that he was the last one to see everybody alive. And the other guy says, no, I was in bed and that guy was here. It's it's he said he said, I, right. I fear and, we're never going to know. And even more than that, it looks like they're blaming each other for something right. that we don't even know what it was. Right. You know, and it, maybe if, it was neither one of them. Right. And so if but if they're pointing fingers at each other, Again, it's another move that makes somebody look guilty in this. And I mean, for them to go, for for the fifth guy to come out and say, 
I was gone before the guy who lives there went to bed and before any of the other three of them left. And for the homeowner, or not homeowner, but for the renter to say, no, no, I went to bed and the other guys were all still downstairs watching Jeopardy or whatever it was. He mentioned a TV show. I don't, uh, Jeopardy, yeah. It wasn't Jeopardy? Okay, I thought yep. it was. Uh, that you know why can't you get that part of the story straight between the two of you and are those two even talking and by the way when the when the attorney for the renter came out and finally on monday and said oh yeah there was another guy there why don't you say who it was yeah you're not slandering him All you're saying is he was there in the house with the other people. So why don't we know who anybody involved in this story was except for the three guys who lost their lives? And if I'm any of these attorneys, stop talking. You're not, nobody's helping each other by playing this out in the media. I mean, I appreciate the updates. Thank you very much for the story, but it's gonna take a while for these toxicology results to come back. And again, it's possible it was neither one of them it's 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 possible they did it to themselves. I mean, who knows what if if guy number five left and guy number four went to bed, which is all I'm calling them now, and the three guys were alone together, it's possible it's something the three of them now it's weird that three guys die at roughly the same time or at least in a time frame where no one else would see it. I mean, maybe it wasn't exactly the time. Maybe it was six hours apart. who knows? But if they're the only ones that know and the toxicology comes back and shows a drug of some kind and they all overdose together, I don't know. All I can do is guess at this point. It's possible it's neither fourth or fifth guy. Yeah. And and that's the real problem is that all anybody can do is guess at this point. I mean, we've we we had a bunch of people yesterday and I'm sure this is the case now. I'm not looking at the text line at the moment, but we had a bunch of people say, look, there are several drugs on which if you take them, they make you feel very warm. So Mm -hmm. going outside might be something that you would do if you did that. Well, you know what? Liquor does that too. Liquor makes you feel nice and warm, but you're not. And in fact, it makes your body even less able to deal with the cold. So the idea that they were all like, man, it's really hot in here. Let's go outside for a couple of minutes and just sit in the backyard and continue this conversation. And then they were just overwhelmed by the cold because it was, I believe that's the morning that it was either one above or one below. It was. It was a really cold night that night. It was terribly cold. So the idea that in a few minutes they could have gotten themselves into a situation where they got disoriented or couldn't get back in, more than possible, but we don't even know they were drinking. Right. Here's the thing about guy number four is that, and guy number five. Guy number four, if these three did it to themselves and you you genuinely know you had nothing to do with this, you went to bed, stop worrying about what the public thinks and just know you had nothing to do with it. The yeah. toxicology is going to show whatever it happens to show. The problem is, can you prove he went to bed? Can you prove he didn't hear everybody knocking? Can you prove that he had earphone earbuds in that were too loud? Can the fourth, can the fifth guy prove everybody was alive when he left? Um, I, you could easily see a case of somebody being charged when they maybe didn't do anything. Right. And again, in terms of the public, we, we always say, look, if something like this happens and you're the accused and you didn't do it, it's a real good idea to get yourself a lawyer and not say a word. We yeah. say that a lot. And I, I believe that's true. But in this case, you have two, not one, but two guys now who are doing exactly that and they're 
kind of without really implying anything, implying something about the other guy by saying, no, what he's saying isn't true. I'm telling the truth. Well, in that case, if it were me, I would probably break my own rule. If I was the guy who, who left before anything happened and before anybody went to sleep, I'm stepping in front of a TV camera and going, go ahead, hit me, ask me. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happened minute by minute the entire time that I was there. I'll show you when I left. And by the way, if the cops want to check my cell phone records to see where my phone was during that time, have yeah. at it. This is where, um, I don't know if you do this, but I get, I should probably turn this off, but I get a monthly report from Google Maps telling me everywhere I've been for the last month. Oh, I, it's it's kind of funny sometimes. Ago, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of amused by it. And so like, I know where I've been, but it's kind of amusing. I, yeah, if I'm, if I'm guy number five and guy number five's lawyer, I'm documenting everything I can to show who I talked to and where I was and where my car was. I mean, all of that. Um, and they need to hurry on the toxicology. So there's going to be a guy number six. Like, what's <laughs> what are we going to hear about next? You know, at this point, I, I, I would believe absolutely anything because the, the story has morphed so many times. And I mean, I, I firmly believe that guy number five wouldn't have said anything, wouldn't have even hired a lawyer, wouldn't have been inv right. involved in any of it had the the implication been there that oh by the way there was somebody else you might want to take a look at him and when everybody's deflecting and we don't even know anybody's name boy that that looks an awful lot like somebody's trying not to let the truth come out a lot of you are texting in theories 913-586-7798 uh if you have thoughts here feel free to get in we'll be back here in just a couple of minutes on kmbz Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, switching gears here uh, a little bit. We started off the show today talking about the uh, the ballot language that we now have for the three-eighth-cent sales tax extension to talk about the stadiums. We had questions about it. There are a couple things in there that uh, we needed some explanation for, and we have a special guest that can maybe help us do that. Yes, we do. Jackson County legislator Megan Marshall kind enough to join us. She was one of the no votes who voted no not to repeal the uh, the veto that was put forth by the county executive last week. And Megan Marshall, thank you so much for joining us. 
Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want to start there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your opposition to, well, not opposition to, but your uh, the reason why you voted to uphold the veto by Frank White. Yeah, well, my reasoning for my vote was simply because there was not enough information for us as lawmakers to provide to our constituents to go and make an informed decision when they go vote. Uh, there was nothing, there is nothing legally binding uh, for the teams to bring to the table to give back to the, the citizens of Jackson County. And I think that before we ask for our taxpayers to sign up for 40 years, which would total about $2 billion, I think they deserve a little bit more information than what they have been given thus far. So what we had heard was that um, for the people who switched, who, who switched from they were originally uh, not in favor, we get we get lost in the double negatives here a little bit. The people that were originally not in favor of putting it on the ballot and then switched and said, go ahead, had told us that there were answers that they wanted before they said, OK, let's go ahead and put it on the ballot. And it sounds like some commissioners were satisfied with what they learned even over the weekend. Did you learn things over the weekend and were you not satisfied with what you heard? Well, more information was revealed, I'll say that. Um, at the end, no, I was not satisfied. Um, one one particular thing, uh, you know, I know the county executive had uh, been trying to negotiate for the park levy uh, money that goes to the Truman Complex to have that being uh, something that was conceded to and returned back to the county. Well, at the end of the current lease, uh, which is 2031, Due to the uh, language in the current lease, the park levy is released back to the county anyway. So for, you know, the teams to now say, oh, OK, well, we'll concede the park levy. It's kind of like, well, that was already going to happen. So theoretically, that's not really a concession. Um, and so, you know, things like that, uh, as far as, you know, double talking, things like that over the weekend uh, did not, in, you know, build up my confidence that the teams would, you know, do, you know, the things that they, you know, promised they were doing in the letter of intent. Um, you know, they also promised that um, they would let us know or they claim they let us know the location by February 29th. Well, we've kind of seen that already happen uh, this past September where they had, you know, a, a self-imposed deadline to release a location and that came and went. So my confidence is just not there without having those legal binding things to hold them accountable, um, you know, before we ask taxpayers to do their to do their due diligence. If that changes, and I know this is a big if, because as you pointed out, we've been given deadlines before that have gone by with no added information at all. But if on February 29th, the Royals lay out a plan and say, look, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to build. This is where we're going to build it. Here's what we commit. Here's what we need. And this is the deal. Will that change your level of support for the $0.38 cent sales tax extension on the April ballot? If there is no signed lease or a negotiated community benefits agreement, I do not support this ballot measure without those things being legally binding and in writing that the county agrees on. One of the things the public is frustrated about, and I say this as somebody that votes in Jackson County, is that fundamentally, the reason all of this started was the idea that Kauffman Stadium was going to move downtown. And it became a much bigger thing then. Then it became more about Arrowhead and the Chiefs. But we still don't know where the Royals are going to go. We still don't know if they're going to stay out there or if they're going to move downtown somewhere. 
where do you want the Royals to go? I honestly, I well, first, thank you for being a voter. Um, I honestly, I don't have a preference, but I do know that the businesses in the Crossroads area, which is one area that's been looked at, um, they are concerned about being displaced. And so that is a concern of mine as well. Um, wherever the Royals may decide to build their stadium, displacement and disrupting business as usual is a concern. Um, and, and that's just how I kind of look at everything and overlay everything. Um, because, I mean, in fact, the, the new stadium that they want is, in fact, that it's a want. Um, and if we, if they are expecting taxpayers to pay for it, well, they have to kind of come to terms with, you know, what goes along with that. And displacing businesses um, is not something that I am in favor of. We've also not heard very much from the Chiefs, and they seem to have taken a sort of a backseat role in this entire thing. But that's an important piece of this, too, because as we've talked to other legislators on the board, we all want to know, and I say we as a Johnson County resident myself, unfortunately, I don't get a vote in this, but I support the team staying in Jackson County just on general principle. But what about a plan from the Chiefs, not only a commitment, but some kind of plan as to what they plan on doing to Arrowhead to justify the expense? Yeah, see, and that's what was one of my big questions uh, because we're making well, the, well, not I say we, but when I say we, I mean the Jackson County. Um, the the teams, as far as the Chiefs, have made plans or they have telegraphed and said they want to do something with the current compound where they're at. Well, that becomes a bit of an issue if the Royals have not yet decided where they want to go and what site they want to build um, because after 2031 the lease is up. So essentially you, you have a ballot measure going to the ballot. If it passes, um, now we're in a situation to where are the Royals still going to build a stadium? We don't know. Um, and, and if they decide, oh, we're not going to do it because of whatever reason, now we're in a situation to where whatever the Chiefs plan to do is now disrupted because they have neighbors there that they didn't plan to have there uh, because of all of these kind of uh plans that are kind of out in the air and nothing is really uh, in concrete. What are you hearing from constituents? What are you hearing from people that live in Jackson County? The overwhelming thing that I am hearing uh, from from residents in Jackson County is uh, they, well, there's a large uh, constituency that does not want a ballpark. They don't believe that uh, a ballpark is needed. Um, And then there's also some who uh, they, they don't care but they don't want to pay for it. You know, they have been hit over the head with property taxes and inflation. You know, their their wages aren't going up. They're very stagnant, um, but yet they're being asked to pay another tax. And so the appetite uh, from the constituents that have reached out to me and those that I've talked to is just that. They don't want to bear another tax, especially if they don't know what they're going to get out of it back into their community. Let's talk about what's coming out of it now, because this is also an issue. If the possibility exists that the Royals or the Chiefs or both would become frustrated with this, if that ballot measure fails in April and goes somewhere else, whether that's going to Johnson County or going to another city entirely, are you ready to have the tax revenue that's brought in by the teams go away? Is that enough to to say, okay, we're going to stand on principle here and run this gambit, but that may mean that the teams both leave Jackson County. Well, I, I don't want the teams to leave Jackson County. I mean, I appreciate and respect the, the, um, 
you know, the energy and, and the love that the community has for them. Uh, but I have to do what's in the best interest of the taxpayers. Um, and with, you know, professional sports teams, we've seen this, you know, in other cities across the country, um, you know, threatening to leave um, is, is a negotiation tool. Um, I just don't believe that as responsible lawmakers, we should be negotiating anything out of fear and, you know, putting our taxpayers' welfare um, or well-being on the line uh, just to support billionaires. Oh, understood. And that's what, kind of why I asked the question, it, because if the teams leave, if the teams even leave the county, there is revenue that goes away with that. Is it in the best interest of the taxpayers to protect what we have now versus what we might lose in the future? I think it's in the best interest of the taxpayers to fight and engage for being able to receive more from the teams, because I believe that um, the the deals that are currently in place with our sports teams are one of the best in the nation. Um, we, the, the county is a large contributor to that sports complex area, um, and I think for the return that the county gets, it can be much greater. Megan Marshall, okay. Jackson County Legislator, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate the information, and we'll be watching this process along with you. Thank you. I appreciate you. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll point out that coming up, Two hours from right now, Jackson County Legislator uh, Jeannie Lauer will join us as well. It's what I, what, what I definitely appreciate. When we have to say this is that we've reached out to a lot of legis. We've reached out to Frank White. We've reached out to multiple legislators. We just appreciate everybody coming on and explaining. I think your constituents want to hear it also. But just to get the, di- we're just so stuck in so many different answers here that we appreciate everybody coming on and, and talking directly to us. Absolutely, without doubt. And again, you know, to uh, Megan Marshall, with whom we just spoke, and to Sean uh, Smith, and to Manny Abarca, and everybody else that's given us a positive response on that. We're trying to ask the questions we think you want asked. And that's another reason, by the way, why we have our text line. So if there's something out there, if there's an outstanding question in your mind as to what you want to know before that vote happens and April, hit us up on the text line. Let us know what it is, and we will pass those. We've done it, in fact, live on the air mm-hmm. before. Pass those questions onto the legislators for you. Help us help you gain more information about this. Absolutely. 913-586-7798. right, we'll take a break. The uh, latest edition of the New Heights podcast is out. The star, Jason Kelsey, uh, of the uh, most recent game, was talking about some of his antics. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. And for God's sakes, turn your headlights on. <laughs> That's going to be it. That's your reminder. <laughs> that was a caller that we had recently. Uh, that is a request from the text line. It is foggy. This is not where you let your auto. This is what John taught me, that you can't just leave it on auto because your backlights don't go on. You right. Turn your headlights on so that you can see both front and back. Please, 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 please do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not anywhere near as foggy now as it was maybe an hour ago, but there's still plenty of fog out there, and it's just gray, but it's light enough out that the little sensor on your dashboard right up by the windshield, it's getting enough light that it won't turn the headlights on automatically. So got to do it yourself. Uh, coming up after 11 o'clock, the Johnson County Home and Garden Show gets underway uh, coming up on Friday through the weekend at the Overland Park Convention Center. We have a really neat interview to talk about with that coming up here after 11 o'clock. There is breaking news in various places to talk about here. We'll talk about what's going on in downtown Kansas City first, and then we need to mention what's happening in St. Louis here. 
And again, if you're in that area near T-Mobile Center around Power and Light and you're seeing what's going on, you're there, we're not, feel free to let us know. Um, but there's a disturbance there. Uh, Channel 41 had the latest version saying a police spokesperson said a possibly armed with a sharp object person possibly armed with a sharp object had barricaded himself inside of a business. We'd heard this was Cosentino's market there near 13th and Main. Uh, police cleared the area, set up a perimeter while negotiators tried to make contact with that person. As far as we know, that's still in place. We haven't heard that that's cleared yet. Again, if you're over there and it's cleared and we don't know that, let us know. Um, they said the Kansas City streetcar sent out a text to notify riders that service was suspended because of police activity nearby, but it's not on the streetcar. Right. So just if you're in the area, be ready for traffic to be tied up a little bit. And the best idea is stay away from there. Just yeah. let the police do what they have to do. Stay out of the area if you don't absolutely 100 percent need to be there, because there are going to be areas you're not going to be able to go anyway. OK, um, now let's talk about what's weirdly going on in St. Louis. Yes. Oddly enough, at the very same time, there is an armed standoff going on in downtown St. Louis. Now, there's no reason to believe these two events are related at all. It's just coincidence. But around 630 this morning, uh, police were called to the Drury Plaza in downtown St. Louis. Let me explain a little bit of the geography on that. It, we're talking about right across the street from the arch. So you've got the riverfront, the arch is on the riverfront. If you cross, oh, I believe that's Market Street, then you're right at the building that houses uh, Channel 4, oddly enough, the, the okay. CBS affiliate. It used, to, or it used to house KMOX, the radio station where I worked over there. And then in the other half of that building is the Drury Plaza Hotel. There's also a nice steakhouse next to it, but that's not open yet. So police were called to that location about 630 this morning because a man had barricaded himself inside one of the rooms with hostages, a woman and two children. The two children have since been released. As far as we know, and this is all according to KSDK Channel 5, um, the, the, the woman, as far as we know, is still in the room with the armed suspect. He is believed to have a gun. He's believed to be suffering from PTSD. And as you might imagine, massive police response. The SWAT team is there, but right now they're just still trying to get some handle on the same as they're doing in downtown Kansas City right now, trying to get communications lines open between them and the armed subject. Have you seen an okay. update? I just saw your mouth drop open. Uh, I have. I, my brain now is going in 13 different directions because the text line's coming in with some really good information on some other stories as well. Um, so there's an update now from KCPD about what's happening here, uh, saying the standoff was resolved with no injuries at Good. about 10.30 a.m. I just couldn't get on Twitter fast enough. Um, one man was taken into custody and will be taken for a mental health evaluation for KCPD. Thank you to the texter that let us know. Appreciate that. Six minutes ago, I looked at Twitter and it wasn't up there yet, and so things <laughs> happened fast. Yeah, um, I, well, as these situations often do, and with, I mean, there's no, there's not a lot of information out of KSDK about what it was that started the standoff in St. Louis. All we know is that, again, at this point, it's ongoing. It, it, the two children that were in the room were released, according to St. Louis Police Department, about 10 o'clock this morning. The woman remained in the room, and police said negotiations are ongoing. Um, all of the other guests in the, oh, wow, that's a huge hotel. They've evacuated the entire hotel. Okay. Is that all the update on, on yes. that one then that we will get to?
Do you know enough about this Everglades thing that we can mention this real fast about what's happening in Florida? Yeah, there's there's a search going on right now in the Everglades. This is in the far south area of the Everglades. This is according to Alert Page uh, on Twitter. And all they've said is that according to Broward County, so this would be the eastern side of South Florida, Broward County, Florida, aircraft down alert came on Alligator Alley, which is I-75, that goes, it cuts across the bottom of the state of Florida from south of Marco Island all the way over to Miami. Um, and that crosses the bottom of the Everglades. So this is the area we're talking about. A small aircraft located after going missing overnight appears two people dead inside the aircraft from the air. Uh, police and first responders are making access to the area now. That's not an easy place to try to get around. Can I tell you what came to my head first, given what's in the Everglades? Move quickly. Uh, yes. Move fast. If you're, right. if you're, that is, that is the last, there are many places I wouldn't want to be in a plane that goes down. And in all seriousness, that is one of them that you don't want to be trapped in an area that's hard to get to. Oh, no doubt. Given well, what it's and, known for. And this is also very, very close to where the value jet crashed. That's uh, right. 10 or 15 years ago, well, actually probably a little bit more than that. But yeah, the, the value jet crash in the late nineties was in that, in Broward County, in that Southern area of the Everglades. So uh, now That area has also been, at least the roadway, has been built up. It used to be two-lane blacktop, and that was it. It was just, there there wasn't even fencing. It was just two-lane blacktop through the swamp. Alligator Alley, over the last 20 years or so, has been incorporated into I-75. So it's now a full-fledged interstate across the bottom of the state, but that doesn't mean that getting into the Everglades is any easier than it was. Okay. So our heads are spinning a little bit. There's a lot going on in the world um, and a lot to keep you updated on. So we will get to the latest about Jason Kelsey. And there was a lot of fun stuff coming out of the New Heights podcast. I also want to thank the texter that let us know about an update on who is going, uh, going to be hosting The Daily Show. I thought it was a joke. Turns out it's real. We'll get to that coming up uh, in the next hour as well. Straight ahead, we will go further into what's going on this weekend at the Johnson County Home and Garden Show out at the Overland Park Convention Center. A special guest with us coming up next here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.